Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Today is February 17th, 2022, and our first story, Black Lives Matter has fronted $100,000 to bail out the man arrested over the assassination attempt of a Democrat in Louisville, Kentucky. Media, meanwhile, writes a puff piece defending him as a passionate young man, saying he must be mentally unwell. Escalation, man. It's getting crazy out there. In our next story, rumors circulate that banks in Canada are down amid the banking freeze of truckers protesting. The truckers, they're refusing to give up and remaining steadfast. In our last story, James O'Keefe and Project Veritas catch the FDA in a lie after an expose shows an FDA executive saying Biden wants annual COVID vaccination. Now, if you like this show, give us a good review. Leave us five stars. Now, let's get into that first story. A few days ago, we got reports that someone had attempted to assassinate a Democratic mayoral candidate in Louisville, Kentucky. Shortly after, it was reported that a prominent Black Lives Matter activist, Kintez Brown, was arrested for this crime. Black Lives Matter has stepped up and used their bail fund to front the $100,000 bond to get this man out of jail. Now, I want to say innocent until proven guilty, as I often do. I was not there. I did not witness this. I don't know exactly what happened. But according to a police report, this man was found and arrested near the election office of the Democrat in question, and he was carrying a loaded nine millimeter handgun, the same one reportedly used in the crime. According to the witnesses, the victims of this crime, fortunately, no one was hurt. This man entered their office and was in close proximity when he opened fire. I think it's fair to say this is the guy who did it, but I still think innocent until proven guilty. So I'd like to see this proven in a court of law before I directly say he did do it. But it does show what many people are saying is hypocrisy and double standards. However, many others are calling this hierarchy. That is to say, if you support the establishment and their narrative, the media will give you a free pass. They'll ignore the story or they'll downplay it. My friends, this is a story of a Black Lives Matter activist being arrested, accused of trying to assassinate a Democratic candidate. Now, no one really knows why. The leading theory is potentially anti-Semitism. The Democratic uh, candidate in question is Jewish. And we do know that Black Lives Matter does harbor seriously anti-Semitic views, very similar to the Black Hebrew Israelites or the Nation of Islam. Doesn't mean that's the the definitive reason, but I think it is a potential reason. So many are wondering why the media is overlooking a potential hate crime here. You take a look at what happened in Waukesha when an SUV crashed 
as the media reported. In reality, it was a man who harbored black nationalist views who took his vehicle down a parade route of mostly white people and crashed into them. When Black Lives Matter is engaging in these crimes or uh, actions of extreme, these extremist actions, the media will absolutely downplay it. Why? Well, you support the establishment narrative. We get it. The vice president will even fundraise on your behalf if you're engaged in this level of violence. Now, we know about the double standard that we get. But there's something else here that I thought was really important to cover the escalation. The narrative coming out from Black Lives Matter and from the defense attorney for this man, I believe it's a defense attorney. We'll get into the facts is that he's mentally unwell. And that's why this happened. Well, sure, I think it's fair to say anybody who would do this is unwell. But could it be that this man is unhinged? Or could he be unwell because he's been deeply radicalized? There's an opinion piece I saw that I want to go over. It's, it's titled something to the effect of what happened to Kintez Brown? He was such a prominent figure. He had everything, his whole future in front of him. How did this happen? My friends, I'll say it for the millionth time. The, the culture war is over. It is not culture anymore. It is hot conflict. Some people have said, yeah, but why, why would a Black Lives Matter activist go after a Democrat? Because you need to seize control of your own nation before going to war with a neighboring nation. It's like, I'll put it this way, and I'll use a, the World War II trope. The Nazis didn't start invading Poland when they were a small political movement. No, they took over the country, then started invading other countries. Black Lives Matter is just an ideology. It's, it's, it's part of wokeism. It's part of this cult. They're not going to go and start trying to take everything over, going, going to war with Republicans until they have control of the larger base of power, the Democratic Party. Likely, there will be an internal civil war among Democrats before it reaches the higher, uh, a higher level in the United States. Suffice it to say, though, we are seeing a heightened level of conflict in this country, and this is just an example of radicalization. I certainly think the man's unwell. But seriously, as I was reading this op-ed, asking the question of what happened to this guy, I thought to myself, what happened to him is he was radicalized online. And the media, supporting, for the most part, this worldview, overlooked the radicalization, overlooked the escalation, and pretended that it wasn't happening. I want to read this story about Black Lives Matter overtly, openly, and proudly bailing this guy out, which is another sign of radicalization, polarization, and potential civil conflict. Before we do, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to help support our work. As a member of TimCast.com, you are helping to keep our journalists employed so they can cover very important news stories. And you will also get access to exclusive members-only segments from the TimCast IRL podcast. So again, go to TimCast.com, click sign up in the top right, support our work, but don't forget to smash that like button. Subscribe to this YouTube channel right now. Share this video anywhere you can if you really want to support the work that I'm doing. Let's read this first story from Yahoo Finance. Louisville Bail Group posts bond for Kintez Brown, Craig Greenberg shooting case suspect. They say his bond had been set at $100,000 Tuesday morning by Judge Annette Karam, which was, which, has, which was raised at the request of the Jefferson County Attorney's Office after the figure was initially recommended $75,000. Brown will be subject to home incarceration. Brown, who is also a Metro Council candidate and former Courier Journal intern and opinion writer, has been charged with attempted murder and four counts of wanton endangerment 
after police say he fired a Glock handgun at Greenberg with one of the bullets coming close enough to graze Greenberg's sweater. Brown also faces four counts of wanton endangerment in connection with the four Greenberg staffers who were in the room at the time of the shooting. He has pleaded not guilty. That's entirely possible. He isn't. It's entirely possible they got the wrong guy. I'm leaning towards he probably did it. But again, everyone deserves their day in court. For the time being, it is an accusation. They say, according to an arrest citation, Brown was arrested 10 minutes later, about half a mile from Butchertown Market, the popular shopping center and business hub where Greenberg's election headquarters is located. Brown was in possession of a loaded nine millimeter magazine, along with a handgun, a handgun case and additional magazines, the citation said. His attorney, Rob Eggert, told the Courier-Journal earlier Tuesday his client is severely mentally ill and needs treatment, not prison. Sounds to me like his attorney is basically saying this is the guy who did it. Brown appeared to have had a mental health breakdown and hasn't slept for days or weeks, Eggert said. Chanel Helm, an organizer with Black Lives Matter Louisville, confirmed the Courier-Journal on Wednesday that the, uh, the Louisville Community Bail Fund posted Brown's bail and said the group used money that had already been raised. Those behind the fund have previously worked to bail out others charged with crimes who can't make bail, including protesters arrested during the racial justice marches, <clears throat> riots, in the wake of Breonna Taylor's death. We have enough, we have enough in to take care of him and connect him with mental health care, Helm said. We got a lot of money in 2020. We're doing exactly what we would, we would do for anyone else in this situation. I'd like to take you back in time to 2020. Mass rioting, destruction, chaos. And when we had Black Lives Matter trying to shake down the, uh, these businesses in Louisville, Kentucky, going to businesses and, and ordering them to sign a contract that would give portions of their revenue to these people. I believe that story was August of 2020. In one story, a Cuban restaurant owner in Louisville said BLM sent him a blackmail letter with diversity demands, and that he was told he was told to meet or risk social media shaming, a public boycott, and his storefront being effed with. In fact, they came to his business and smashed a flower pot. Now, they're claiming this guy is mentally unwell. Perhaps. I don't know or care. The fact is, they, they did front this. In the story from Fox News, we have a tweet from Rachel Droz TV showing a video. The $100,000 cashier's check has been officially given to the clerk's office to pay for BLM activist Kintez Brown's release. Louisville Community Bail Fund is paying. Brown is accused of shooting at Louisville mayoral candidate Run With Craig. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. fastgrowingtrees.com 
Code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Okay. If they, if this person's being bailed out, well, then so be it. Again, innocent until proven guilty. I don't like the idea the state can hold someone unless they've, you know, you're, you're detaining someone. You need some evidence. Now, that being said, I actually think that in cases like this, individuals should be held. In nonviolent crimes, I believe people should be released. In cases of violent crime, if there is a preponderance of evidence, I believe it's fair to say because of the severity of the crime, we think you should be held. The fact is, Black Lives Matter has the capability to get people out of prison, out of, out of, I'm sorry, out of jail, on bond when they've engaged in very extreme activities. It's freaky to me. It's escalation. And it's also the hierarchy. You know, if this is a Trump supporter accused of the same thing, they'd be locked up and the key would be thrown away. Take a look at January 6th. Some of these people are trespassers. No, no, seriously. Some of these people have been charged with misdemeanor trespass, and they're held for months in solitary confinement. That's hierarchy, baby. You, if you oppose Black Lives Matter, you're a second class citizen. But what the establishment is afraid of is something like this shocking the system. And they don't need that yet. No, they need to gain control through surreptitious methods. And this is too overt. Which brings me to the story. The most important aspect of this. Now, I can say, I want to get into the motives here, and it may be anti-Semitism. I think it's a fair point to make. But this story from the Courier Journal not only shows the media bias, but it shows the radicalization. Titled, What Happened to the Brilliant Kintez Brown? Whoa! Brilliant? Imagine if the New York Times ran a story about one of these veterans who was arrested on January 6th and said, what happened to the brilliant army veteran who is now in jail over January 6th? It's reminiscent of what we saw with um, the, uh, the scholar article from the Washington Post. What did, what did they say? I can't remember what they, what, what they called the guy, but one of these ISIS extremists, so the leader was called, uh, um, what, what did they call him? Oh, I'm forgetting the phrase. Ah, forgive me. They called him a scholar, though. They, they called him a religious scholar instead of a depraved lunatic who abused women and children and led a terror organization. Yeah. Take a look at what they write. The brilliant Kintez Brown. What happened to him? Well, look, I know I said innocent until proven guilty, so fine if you want to assert that. But in this article, they outright say he did it. When his attorney comes out and says he's, he's mentally unwell. No, I think he's just radicalized. I think he knew what he was doing. I think he just got radicalized to the point where he decided to use violence. And it was a mistake. It was a mistake, for a mistake for a lot of reasons. For one, don't do these things. We don't want people getting hurt. But also it hurts your cause. It makes you look pathetic, foolish, and it makes you look dangerous. And nobody wants to associate with you. But let me read to you this article so you can understand the hierarchy, the double standard, and the radicalization. The Career Journal writes, I'm sorry, this is Ricky Jones, an opinion contributor. Kintez Brown is accused of trying to kill Craig Greenberg. Let that sink in. In one of the most bizarre experiences of my life, I received news from a few friends in media before it went public that Kintez Brown shot at Craig Greenberg. I had to process that. What? Kintez shot at Craig? Yes, Kintez shot at Craig. Apparently, Kintez Brown went into Craig Greenberg's mayoral campaign office, shot directly at him multiple times, and thankfully missed. It was all so unthinkable. By the evening of the, of the incident, local and national news outlets began reporting there was an assassination attempt on a Louisville mayoral candidate. 
Kintez was painted as an activist who was very involved in Louisville's Brianna Taylor protests. Some mentioned that he interned with the Louisville Courier-Journal. Others didn't. Initially, almost none, save the Courier-Journal itself, noted that he was a student at the University of Louisville. Many will now see Kintez as little more than a pariah tainted by venom and his study of nationalism and pan-Africanism. He's already being characterized that way, and everyone from local media to the NRA are piling on. They will freeze him in time as nothing more than a vicious criminal, a potential killer undeserving of any love or consideration. Wow! Think about what they're saying here. This guy was studying nationalism. In all likelihood, in my opinion, he was a pan-African nationalist. He wanted Africa united under scientific socialism. He is a black nationalist extremist who attacked a Jewish candidate. This is why I am of the opinion that the ethnic and religious background of the candidate is exactly why he did it. We know Black Lives Matter and black nationalists, they hold these views, not all of them, but for the most part, they do, that they are the true descendants of Israel. We've seen it before. And this guy goes in, tries to kill somebody. It's radicalization. And it shows you how insane things are getting. He goes on to write, They will not talk about the fact that Contez was among the minority of young black boys who make it to college. They will not talk about the fact that he wasn't just a student. He was gifted beyond description. They never sat with him. They never spoke with him. They never saw him smile or troubled by the suffering of others. I did. This man is accused of attempting to murder a Jewish Democrat. And this guy is writing a defense of him. It's 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 shocking. Now, I'll tell you what I think happened. Kintez Brown did go to college where he was radicalized, where he said, I have seen these things and I will not stand for them. Now, I think he was wrong. I think he was lied to and I think he went insane. So, yeah, when they say he's mentally unwell, where did that happen to him? University, college. He says, I met young Kintez Brown when he was in high school. He was a star. He didn't just strike me as a kid who would yearn to attend an Ivy League school. He was too good and conscious for that. I pictured him going off to an elite HBCU like Morehouse or Howard. I was surprised when he stayed at home and attended the University of Louisville. He said he felt called to remain at home. Help is needed here, Doc. We can't all leave, he smiled. He was so incredibly committed to his hometown. Thank you for writing this impassioned defense of this poor, troubled, young, brilliant man accused of taking a gun and trying to kill someone. Now, I get it because I'll say it over and over again. Innocent until proven guilty. But wow, he goes on to write about how this couldn't be. Everybody loved Kintez Brown when he was regarded as the high achieving golden boy. To be sure, many will now disavow him. As the old saying goes, success as many fathers, failure is an orphan. Yeah, when he was doing great, everybody would try and claim they knew him, they were involved. And then this extreme event will result in people disavowing. But you know what? Maybe this guy is right. Maybe this Dr. Jones is correct. Maybe Kintez Brown was a brilliant young man. Maybe he was gifted and was striving to be the best he could be. And maybe he went to a university and got involved with deeply troubled political radicals who drove him to the brink of extremism. This is what's happening here in this country. You know, they come out. And they try to accuse Trump supporters of being radicalized in just such a way. 
But last I checked, posting Pepe memes is not hurting anybody. But of course, they think words are violence. Silence is violence. Everything is basically violence, except and they go and smash up windows and burn down buildings. Sure, we get it. Everything they claim about the right, they do themselves. Now, I'm not here to say one side is right, one side is wrong. Obviously, I have my opinion on that. Now, and I'll express those opinions. What I'm trying to say here is this country is deeply polarized. Things are getting worse. This is a Black Lives Matter adopting extremist views and acting upon them. In my opinion, it will get worse. That is not to say everyone is in danger, the world is ending, but I do think we will see more of this conflict. People are being radicalized. I don't believe it will come from the right. Certainly, we saw January 6th, but that was only after so much. What people, I'll tell you this from an objective standpoint, are there elements of the right that are violent? Of course, but they're adopting tactics only after the left has already used them. Take a look at the Freedom Convoy. They're saying this is an illegal occupation. They are blocking our streets. Uh, The Chaz happened only a couple years ago. A few months ago, they were occupying the center of, of Minneapolis. Now you're so shocked because the right has adopted your tactics. The Freedom Convoy is not inherently right wing. They're just anti-mandate. They're more liberty than anything. The problem is they're certainly not leftists, so they can't co-opt this movement like they did Occupy Wall Street. So they must react against it. Sorry, when Occupy Wall Street is praised, when the Chaz Chop is defended as a summer of love, they're shocked and angered. When other freedom-loving individuals adopt those same tactics, we're going to block streets. Now it's terror. Yeah. So here's what I think will happen. I think we will see more of this. I know it's an attack on a Democrat, of course, because these cities are run by Democrats. They're not run by Republicans. But we will see violence against conservatives, Trump supporters, and Republicans. It will escalate. I believe then you will start to see right-wing groups respond in kind. The based stick man. Do you remember him? Showed up to the Battle of Berkeley with a stick, a mask, goggles, a shield, and he broke a stick over an Antifa person's head. It's horrifying this violence is happening. But he only came out after Antifa had already engaged in violence several times. It's like the right is absolutely unwilling to do this, but they're, they're eventually being pulled in. What will happen then is the left, because they control the cultural institutions and the media, will come out and say, see, we warned you this was going to happen. And it's just like, I don't, I don't care what you say. I, I really, really don't care about the brilliant Quintus Brown. He's a violent extremist. Lock him up. Same goes for anybody on the right. I don't care what these people say when they cry wolf, because these are the people that defended the violence in the first place. And we warned this would happen. They are bad faith actors who are causing problems to civil society. So I ignore them. I don't care. The violence is wrong no matter who, who, who's committing it. Let's talk about motives, though, where the escalation is, 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 is coming from, where it's going. In this story from Just the News, they write, Jewish target, BLM suspect in Louisville assassination attempt, media evading potential hate motive. Well, we know the media is not going to report it. We know the media is going to downplay it like I just showed you. How could this have happened? The brilliant young man, he was so passionate. He's a violent black nationalist extremist, in my opinion. Just the News says, 
The attempted assassination of mayoral candidate in Louisville, Kentucky this week has shed new light on concern among some Jewish leaders that too many voices with large platforms are ignoring, downplaying, and obfuscating anti-Semitism in America. They go on to mention what had happened. When we greeted him, he pulled out a gun. This we understand. They say Brown, who is African-American, appeared to push his followers on social media to join the Lion of Judah Armed Forces, a group that espouses anti-Semitic ideology similar to that of the black Hebrew Israelite movement, which believes blacks, not Jews, are the true descendants of the biblical Hebrews. This guy. This guy told people on social media to join the Lion of Judah Armed Forces and then goes and tries to murder a Jewish Democrat. That does not sound like his brain. Like, uh, let, let, let me slow down for a second. Let's talk about what it means to be mentally unwell in a legal sense. When you are trying to plead insanity, you're really saying you don't know the difference between right and wrong. In media, movies, TV shows, the person will be like, if I put on a strange outfit and juggle bananas, they'll think I'm insane. It's not how it works. You have to prove to a court you don't know the difference between right and wrong. So thus, you can't be held accountable because you're not guilty. You're guilt uh, because uh, what they're saying is you are guilty, but by reason of insanity. Now, what happens in a lot of these cases is that those who get can get uh, found not guilty by reason of insanity or uh, correction. What I mean to say is you're not guilty of the crime because you're insane. They go to institutions. This man, in my opinion, again, following the evidence, would be guilty based on his political beliefs. I, I don't think that his brain stopped working like all of a sudden he's seeing things and hearing voices. I think he went online. He read political uh, doctrine and ideology, encouraged people to join him. He truly believes what he learned. He understands what he's doing. He thinks it's justified. Now, maybe you could argue that is insanity because he didn't know it was wrong. He believes it was right. But that's, that's, it's, it's not the same thing. He knows killing is taking a life. He knows he's doing it for power. This is terrorism. Take a look at this from the New York Times. Three leaders of Women's March stepped down after controversies. The departures come after years of discord and charges of anti-Semitism, and at a time when the group is gearing up for a political engagement in the 2020 elections. This is from September 16th, 2019. I covered this story. I'd like to introduce you to Tamika Mallory. Tamika Mallory is a prominent supporter of gun control, feminism, and the Black Lives Matter movement. Wikipedia says following allegations of anti-Semitism, Mallory left the Black Lives Matter, I'm sorry, the Women's March organization in 2019. This individual is one of the leaders from the story who was ousted because people came out and said that these individuals are deeply anti-Semitic. They are proponents of the nation of Islam. They believe insane conspiracy theories about Jewish people. Their views are very similar to that of the black Hebrew, uh, the, the black Hebrew Israelites. They think they are the true defendants of Israel. They think that it was Jewish people who started the slave trade. They believe a whole bunch of conspiracy theories. And thus, they would go and attack a guy simply because he is Jewish. It's the craziest thing to me about the ideology. You know, they believe that simply because a person is Jewish, they're involved in historical conspiracy. And I'm like, that's insane. That's insane. This guy is a Democrat. He lives in Louisville. He just happens to be Jewish. There's no grand conspiracy. And the problem is a lot of these, these conspiracy theorists, they point to like, but look how many Jewish people work in media. And I'm like, that doesn't mean anything, dude. You're saying corporate oligarchs 
sometimes are Jewish. Are, being Jewish has literally nothing to do with the fact that someone might be a corporate oligarch. That's the stupidest thing. This guy is a Democratic candidate. Being Jewish is unrelated to the fact that he's a politician. In fact, I was actually reading uh, an article from the Times of Israel condemning liberal Jewish individuals. And I'm like, they're not a monolith. It's so crazy to me that people believe this stuff. People are individuals. There may be grand conspiracies, but all of these things are, are uh, unrelated. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Like someone's background, their race or whatever, it's just the stupidest thing. Now let's be real. There are affinity groups. There are groups of people that band together based on race and religion and all that stuff. But that doesn't mean just, just because there are white supremacists in prisons or, or you know, out, out in the wild in these states, it doesn't mean that literally every single white person is part of that group. Think about how insane that is. That's what these leftists espouse. All white people are racist. No, there are white people who are racist. There are white supremacist groups, but simply because they work together and do awful things doesn't mean literally every white person's involved in that. That's the problem with these views of people like Black Lives Matter. They genuinely believe the same thing as many of these white supremacists do. Just inverted, I suppose. It's kind of freaky, to be honest. But here we are now on Twitter. Take a look at this. Someone said, I've got mixed feelings about Brown's release that I'll hopefully explore in a column soon. Black Lives Matter Louisville responded, we should do away with jail altogether and fund necessary preventative measures folks beg Louisville mayor budget every year, beg for. Someone responded saying that's rich coming from an organization that supports someone who just shot at a government employee. Their response was candidate, candidate. Wow. They didn't say he didn't do it. They didn't say innocent until proven guilty. They said asterisks, asterisks, candidate. That's the response. Why? Because Black Lives Matter supports this stuff. Because they went on the ground and threatened businesses, give us your money or else. Here's their list of demands. It's really amazing. What are they demanding? They were demanding like 1.5% of net sales. Wow, look at this. Is there a better? Here we go. They say this. For business owners and nonprofits in Nulu, our demands are as follows. Businesses will adequately represent the black population by having a minimum of 23% black staff. Two, retail locations will include a minimum 23% inventory of black retailers. 
or make a recurring monthly donation of 1.5% of net sales to, um, you know, and they go on and list um, approved organizations and things like that. It's amazing, right? Carry our products or give us money. And when this guy didn't, and he said it was what the communists were doing, they smashed a flower pot like, like the mob. Take a look at this. On July 24th, protesters shut down the neighborhood. And according to Martinez, issued threats to businesses. The, the, the Cuban community came out and protested, saying, we left Cuba because of socialism. Be careful what you wish for. This is why so many Latinos are abandoning the Democratic Party. Because they don't like this. They don't want to live this way. They don't want someone to come in and smash flower pots and threaten them into giving them cash or else to support their ideology. These are the extremists of Louisville. It's kind of crazy. You know, how many people are like, oh, you know, we should, I, I want to be there. We want to live there. I wouldn't want to live in any of these cities, man. There was a post by Cassandra Fairbanks. Now Cassandra McDonald, for those that don't know, she got married. She was mentioning that she moved to a red area and that she thought it would be fine for her daughter to go to school because it's a red area, right? Conservatives, the kids are going to have, you know, conservative values. Nope. The kids were woke, leftist, and a lot of issues. And she was shocked. I can't believe it. The things they're telling these kids. Yeah. Because the cult must proselytize. It must spread its views and values. It must infiltrate, destroy, and rebuild. So where you least expect it, they're coming. They'll move to your area. They'll get elected to your school board, and then they will inject their cult, insane views into your children's curriculum. And how many of you aren't paying attention? It's even in West Virginia. And what their goal is, in 20 years, these kids will be raised on these views, and they'll vote for these things, and they will gut and destroy this country. And they're deeply anti-Semitic, mind you. That's scary. And that's where we're going. You need to understand it's hierarchy. It is a double standard, sure, but that's only if you assume you're on equal footing with these people. You, my friends, are second-class citizens. Fox News, Twitter allows hacked info of Canadian Freedom Convoy donors after suppressing Hunter Biden laptop story. Duh. Was anyone surprised by this? That Twitter says, we don't allow hacked material, so the Hunter Biden story is out. Then give, send, go is hacked, and they say, that's fine. It's not a double standard. They're just spitting on you because you're the, ple- you're, you're the peasants, the plebs. You are the garbage trash and they can do whatever they want and you can shut your mouth. Realize what will happen. The corporate press and the mainstream media will defend this man as a brilliant, passionate scholar. What happened? The same they did with the, um, the um, I can't think of the word, the scholar guy. The, um, what did they say? They didn't say astute. I can't think of the word. It's been, it's been a long time, but you guys all know. You'll comment below what the word is. They called the guy from ISIS a scholar. Wow. It should be obvious to all of us by now. They hate you. They want to control you. They want to govern you. And they will not let you be free. So you can say something like, let me mind my own business. And they'll say, no, we won't. We won't. Many people talk of peaceful divorce in this country. I don't think it's possible. The Civil War initially started with a peaceful secession by, de- by declaration. But then the North was like, yo, these military bases are ours. So fighting breaks out. Peaceful divorce will beget hot civil war. 
I don't know how it will be fought, though, because the states are fragmented and there's no hard geographical lines. But I will also point out, apparently, I I was reading a lot about the first civil war. First civil war. Texas joined the South only because of uh, geography. They could not join the North. They would be conquered instantly by the Confederate states if they fought against them. So they just said, I guess we're with the Confederacy by geography. Well, there you go. Texas was a relatively new state. They were their own country for a while. So they joined up just because of that. So in this modern era, many people keep saying the same stupid things we heard way back then, or it's been reported. Uh, Bill Maher, the Mason-Dixon line would go through Nana's kitchen. No, it wouldn't. Northern states would fight with each other and then people would join based on proximity. Several slave states joined the North based on not wanting to go to war. We don't know what'll happen. But we're watching it happen in real time. So you can get prepared for the worst and hope for the best. Or you can sit back and say, it can't happen here, Tim. You're dumb. I don't care what you do, to be honest. I'm looking at these things. They're freaky. I'll do me. I'll stay away from these cities. I'll mind my own business. I'll learn how to to grow a garden and farm and raise chickens and all that stuff. Why? Because if it really does all go bad, there's still fun things to do. Chickens are funny little goofy animals. They do funny things. They walk around, they poop in their own water. They're hilarious and they're frustrating sometimes, but it's fun either way. You get more space. We can be more sustainable. I'm going to mind my own business and hope for the best. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out. And I'll see you all then. I have to wonder if the actions of Justin Trudeau and Joe Biden and these powerful establishment elites, I have to wonder if it's on purpose that they're trying to destroy the United States. They're trying to destroy European nations and Canada because they want some kind of great reset or great change. One thing I've stated in the past as it pertains to parallel economies and the civil war is that, well, It's one way to get rid of the U.S. Constitution. I don't know exactly about what's going on in Canada, but in the U.S., in order to get rid of our Constitution and the values held by a lot of people, you'll need some kind of civil war. You will need a large faction of people breaking away and saying, we no longer hold these values true. And once that happens, you can come in and sweep up. One way to put it is, from the ashes of the old, we shall build anew. And if the United States stays on its path, which is based on founding documents, sure, they can chip away at the block, and they have. I mean, they've taken away a bunch of our gun rights, things like that. They've violated many of our constitutional rights, and they, were, they continue to do so. But if they want a great reset in a short amount of time, they're going to need some kind of great conflict that purges the old, a kind of great leap forward or a cultural revolution. Justin Trudeau, ordering the freezing of assets of truckers and those who funded them may have an unintended consequence of exacerbating these the, the, the parallel economy, pushing us towards civil war. But that's why I say I wonder if it's on purpose. Maybe they want this to happen. Honestly, I don't know. But the big story right now, banks were absolutely caught off guard by Justin Trudeau's order to freeze assets, and it's probably causing some very serious problems. We are also getting reports that they're attempting to freeze cryptocurrency wallets, which they can't do. So they're telling businesses to stop accepting traffic coins in and out from certain wallets. We'll see if they can pull it off. Maybe. But I think for the most part, probably not. Now, the tweet I have displayed is from a Twitter user, James Melville. 
James Melville is a verified user communications and sponsorship consultant, freelance writer, liberal. And he says, what the heck is happening to Canada's banks right now? This is this is this is a tweet that's going around. Not just him, but many people are showing these images. Scotia Bank outages report in the last 24 hours. We have just in the past few hours, the, the previous night, 39 reports, 20 report around 30 reports. So we have look maybe close to 100 reports of people saying maybe like 70 or 80 reports that the banks are down. You can see there's some noise going past previous hours, but that's probably just what it is. Noise. This huge spike is interesting. Take a look at this. RBC outages report in the last 24 hours. Now, here we have maybe 5,000 or so, a little bit over 5,000. You can see, actually, it looks like about seven. You can see here we have about just over 2,000, just over 2,000. And then we have around, actually, it looks like it might be around 10,000 because you've got a one, two, three, four, five. So it looks like over 10,000 reports of RBC being out. You have BMO outages report in the last 24 hours, a huge spike. What does this mean? Well, I can't verify that any of these banks are down. Looking at the peak of how many reports, 31, 15 or so, a few thousand for one bank, I think this is legitimate. I don't think these banks are down. I've gone to their websites. They seem to be operational. I don't have accounts with these companies, so I don't know. But I'll tell you what I think it is. I think this is people waking up to realize they can't use their bank account. Why? They've been frozen. So they report it as an outage. Now, it's probably a lot of collateral damage. I'll tell you that. When these banks start freezing things, they're probably getting the wrong people. How do they know for sure? And for a lot of these people in Canada who use these banks, how, like, what did they know? They heard people are protesting. They're like, I'll support a protest. Now, all of a sudden, their banks are being frozen. Yes. Here's what you need to realize. The people who funded this stuff, who are funding these truckers. It's not like they're standing on their front porch screaming, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore, waving Canadian flags and demanding an end to the, to, to the Trudeau regime. I'm sure some of them probably are. But what may be happening is that there's some dude slumped over on his desk, clicking away at work, and he's like, you know, filing things and doing data entry. He gets a message from a friend. You see this Canadian freedom thing? They're against the mandates. And he goes, oh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. I'll send 20 bucks. And then carries on with his job. His focus is not the protests. He is not a zealot. He is just like, yeah, cool. Go truckers. And doesn't really think much after that. A lot of the people who donated, you have to realize, aren't sitting here staring at the news the same way many of us are. So one day, someone online sends, clicks a button and sends 20 bucks. And then a week, two, three weeks later, Their bank account is frozen. They don't know why. They're not following the news. They report it as an outage. Several people are probably shocked to find that this is happening. This is insanity for Canada to do this, to be going. There there was a so I don't know exactly whose accounts are being frozen, mind you, but there are videos of people going to stores as a guy and he's like, I support the truckers and he swipes his card and it's declined. And he's like, I've got money in this account. They're rejecting it. They won't let me use it. That's how crazy things are going to get, which is going to bring us to a hard parallel economy, precursor to a civil war. I mentioned this years ago when they were engaging in censorship. Man, I know I know it gets brought up relatively often, but I guess it was it was a substantive, a substantial moment. The Joe Rogan Experience podcast where I was on with Jack Dorsey, uh, Joe and Vijay Agade. And one of the last things I said to them, if you keep doing this, 
eventually this country is going to erupt. It's going to be civil war. Chaos. I can't remember exactly how I phrased it. But my point was, if you keep engaging in this censorship, you are ripping this country apart and it will result in physical hot conflict. And it has and it will and it will continue to get worse. Now, this is Canada, mind you, not the United States. Our cultures are very similar in many ways. We share a lot of culture. We sit, we tend to steal a lot of comedians from Canada. So, you know, we have a lot of similar values, uh, although Canada still has very different values from us. I still think it's relevant. What's happening in Canada, in the U.S., in much of Europe, it's all very, very similar, if not slightly different, but all very similar. Lockdowns, vaccine mandates, censorship, this weird cult taking over. It's happening. And when you see this story, we have this from Fortune.com. Trudeau's emergency order aimed at freezing the funds of the Freedom Convoy caught banks off guard. The emergency orders tell banks to freeze the accounts of anyone involved in or supplying an illegal protest. And that's why I mentioned some do eyes half glazed over just typing away doing data entry because they're now considered to have supplied these protests. They, they probably have no idea. Now, we also have Give, Send, Go getting, getting hacked, the donors getting doxxed. It may just be that these people's personal information was released, and, and there you go. Now, check this one out from Coindesk. We have this story. Canada sanctions 34 crypto wallets tied to trucker freedom convoy. I saw these stories, and I thought to myself, there is going to be some kind of great revolution, conflict. I don't know exactly what. But I feel like the end result may be something most people don't realize. Let me ask you a question. You as an American, you support the Canadian Freedom Convoys, right? Of course you do. Many Americans have provided donations and funds to the, to the Freedom Convoys. Although most of the donations did come from Canada, we know this because these people got doxxed. Many Americans support and financially supported this. Trudeau was big mad about it. Now they're trying to freeze these crypto wallets. They can't really freeze them. They're ordering institutions to stop trading with specific wallets. So it's a sanction on these wallets. Here's what I find interesting. If there was to be a civil war in the United States, it certainly would ripple up into Canada. I assure you, because you can, you can look at what's happening with the freedom truckers. If it really became a hot conflict between the cult, which includes Trudeau and his crackpot worldviews, his despotism, very much in line with the American establishment left, I assure you the fighting would, would reach Canada. It would reach the U.S. And it has. I mean, this is an example of it. Proud Boys are banned in Canada because they're viewed as a terrorist organization. So uh, apparently there's like not even any really like any real Proud Boys organizations up there, but they did it anyway because they're insane because things are being ripped apart because culture and society are being ripped apart. And I think what you need to understand, I think that there's not there's not necessarily countries in this great uh, cultural conflict and civil war. There's tribes based on Internet boundaries. The borders don't mean as much as they used to. It's the Internet. So what's the end result? Let me tell you. One, one end result could be globalism. Let's put it this way. If there is a sundering in our society that reaches up into Canada because they'll stop getting food and supplies if we start fighting, then you're going to have Trudeau obviously on the side of the establishment Democrats, but you're going to have freedom truckers and resistance groups on the side of the American right. Supplies will be trading between them. 
What happens then when either side wins? There will be harsher and greater connection between these countries. It could effectively merge the entirety of North America under one unifying legal precedent. I don't know exactly that. It's, it's like a bold thing to say for sure, because we don't know if it'll, it'll get that far or when it will. But I believe parallel economies are the path towards such a, a, a such an endeavor. Cryptocurrencies are going to unite the world under a single financial system. A lot of people on the right, a lot of uh, libertarian types, a lot of conspiracy theorists were opposed to this idea, yet they were the ones who welcomed it in. It was, they, some of the first adopters of Bitcoin were these anti-government types. It's just so perfect, isn't it? I'm not saying it's intentional. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm saying an end result could be the merging of our societies and cultures under a single banner of some sort. Here's how it's going to happen. Here's how it could happen. What we're seeing with the sanctioning of pe people's financial interests will lead to the formation of parallel industry, not just parallel economy. Take a look at this story from the Daily Mail. Allegiant passenger is kicked off flight because he allegedly had Let's Go Brandon written in tiny writing on his mask and refused to change it. Now, I don't know why else this guy would be kicked off. But I saw this story and I was reading all of these different stories and I thought to myself, if you can't sit in a plane because your mask has something written on it they don't like, someone who doesn't like Joe Biden is thrown off a plane simply for saying, let's go, Brandon, on his mask privately to himself. That's the accusation. Now, this woman says to the man, you have to change your mask. I don't see why he would. It appears he's wearing your typical cloth mask. There is some writing on it. The official story is that the mask said, let's go, Brandon. She didn't like it demanded he remove it. And when he said no, she said, get off the plane. What's this man to do? Should he not fly? Are we going to have conservative airlines? Is there going to be a, a, an airline industry only for conservatives? More importantly, Allegiant Airlines, is the CEO going to apologize to this man and to Trump supporters and conservatives over something like this happening? I don't know. I honestly don't think so. I know there are already a lot of people who don't want to fly in these airlines because they don't want to have to wear masks. Now you have something like this happen. What happens when people can't use public services because of their political views? Parallel industry and parallel economy. We're there. We really, really are. It's not a joke. It's not a game. It's not speculation. We are there. Take a look at ParallelEconomy.com. Oh, look, it's Dan Bongino, the new standard in digital payments. Quote, the ability to run your business free from the pressures of cancel culture is something I'm willing to fight for. Freedom isn't going to protect itself. And Parallel Economy is committed to fighting for a free, fair and open Internet. Sensor resistant payment processors. They say 1.49% plus 15 cent per transaction for card present. Card not present transactions is 2.98 plus 15%. My understanding is that's actually pretty good. That's, that's not all that bad. I mean, it might be, uh, uh, yeah, it seems like it's pretty good. They say it's 20 bucks a month. They're going to match any competitor. The parallel economy, they're literally calling it the parallel economy. It's here. I've been thinking about in the news, you know, stories like Alec Baldwin, for instance. He straight up killed a woman and he didn't get arrested. That's amazing. You have this story about, uh, um, what's that guy's name? Kintel Brown, is that his name? I could be getting his name wrong. But you have the story of the Black Lives Matter activist arrested for attempting to assassinate a mayoral candidate. He's been bailed out already by Black Lives Matter. 
And, you know, I'm seeing a bunch of people on the right say, I, I'm, I'm not surprised, you know, this is the way it goes, blah, blah, blah. We have the story about Hillary Clinton and spying in Durham, and the media is already trying to cover it up, saying it's not true. Hillary Clinton didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> yeah, maybe they can, um, they can use semantic arguments. But the fact remains that, long story short, someone, you know, seeking favor with the Clintons on their payroll or, you know, to a certain degree, was spying on Donald Trump's servers as president of the United States. I mean, that's how the Wall Street Journal's reported this, and, and that's basically what it says in the in the filings. But the New York Times said the opposite. Hillary Clinton wasn't involved, and it wasn't spying on President Trump. It was spying on Obama. Okay. When I see this, and I'm like, who do you believe? The New York Times, the Wall Street Journal. Wow. The parallel economy is here, man. I've said it before on Timcast IRL. I don't care what these people think anymore. I really, really don't. I mean, I know I'm sitting here on YouTube, but Rumble exists. Rumble's growing. Parallel economy is growing. So now you're going to have your Rumble account. Rumble invested in parallel economy. You're going to set up your locals account to do subscriptions. Your money is going to be funneled through paralleleconomy.com to your locals account while you post your videos on Rumble. It's growing. Dan Bongino was banned from YouTube, but he had more followers on Rumble anyway. That's where we're going. It doesn't matter anymore. Cancel culture. As I stated to Jack Dorsey, rip this country in half. Now, the one thing I will say to many conservatives, not all of them, just many of them, many people on the right, stop trying to hang out with these people on the left in the establishment in their clubs. Look, Joe Rogan does. I feel like it's kind of a moot point. Like, what's the purpose of hanging out with these people who are just out of their minds? They're lying. They say Fox News is lying about Hillary Clinton and all that stuff. But then they come out with their own lies. I certainly think there's some nuance missing from Fox News' reporting about the Durham filing. But I tell you this, there's a reason independents, moderate voters, are on the side of the conservatives right now. Because that's reality. The left lives in some crackpot delusional world where they're banging on the door of the Supreme Court screaming about, uh, screaming about Brett Kavanaugh and they don't even know why. They're marching through the streets saying, ban guns, and they don't know why. They don't even know anything about guns. When I went down to the March for Our Lives a few years ago, some of the people did. Most of them didn't. They couldn't tell you this from that up or down. And you know what? Honestly, neither could I. Until I went in and actually started doing research, started buying guns. And so at a certain point, you know, when we're one nation, we try to argue. We try to say, good sir or madam, please let me welcome you to reality. Let me show you the facts and explain to you why this isn't true. Donald Trump did not collude with Russia. The evidence is here. You can see it. And they say no. They still believe it. You go to them and say, we have liberal journalists like Matt Taibbi reporting that there was an investigation, Victor Shokin in Ukraine investigating Burisma, and that Joe Biden, in all likelihood, got the prosecutor fired for doing this. And they say, you're a liar. Donald Trump was, was trying to quid pro quo. Gordon Sondland comes out and says, there was no quid pro quo. Donald Trump said to me, no, I don't want anything. No quid pro quo. But in my opinion, I feel like there was. The left says, well, if he feels that way, it must be true. Fox News says, Gordon Sondland said, Donald Trump, quote, no quid pro quo. I don't want anything. It's the craziest thing in the world. Why would Donald Trump go and say, no, 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 I don't want anything. I don't want anything. No quid pro quo. Why would he say that? And Gordon Sondland testifying basically against Trump admitted Trump quoted to him. I don't want anything for this. 
Yet you would operate off of his speculative reasoning instead. I'm sorry, you don't live in reality. We don't use someone's personal opinions against statements of fact. Donald Trump said X, but I kind of felt like he meant something else. Uh, We can't operate off of what you assume. We can operate off of what Trump told you to do and he told you not to do it. So here's, here's the issue. At a certain point, I try to argue. We try to reason. There's no point in doing that now. These people voted for Joe Biden. The country is aflame. And most of them are still just like Joe Biden was the right choice. Trump's a fascist. Oh, no. Trump's a fascist. He's going to get it. I don't care. I literally don't care at this point. This is this country split in two, completely split. And so the only thing we can do is build infrastructure. You want to make sure you can survive in a world where you're a second class citizen to the left? Don't go to their country. So what I this is what I said before. When when the when the mainstream press says something about me, I'm like, why do I care what France thinks about me? I don't live in France. The country has been split to such a degree that when the New York Times comes out and issues a fart story about fart nonsense, I'm just like, I literally don't care. I don't live in their crackpot deranged world. I live in the real world where we fact check things, where our our views of things are based on real videos and evidence. Of course, not everybody who supports Trump believes in reality. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there's a faction of people that do. At a certain point, I said, there's no point in trying to pull someone out of the matrix when they're adamant and determined to live in that matrix. But what happens when the matrix engulfs critical infrastructure you need to run your business and live? You need to get away from that and build your own infrastructure. Instead of going and being like, please, Twitter, let me use your platform. I'm just like, yeah, I don't even care anymore. I don't don't even care. Okay, I don't. If we get banned from YouTube, I'll go on Rumble. We built our own website. We are working through a nonprofit we formed to build technology that will be decentralized and plug into all of these different networks and create an independent and parallel economy so that you need not worry about what the insane cult thinks of you. Let them have the infrastructure. Instead of trying to be a second class citizen in their world, do the work for yourself and assume the responsibility. If they own Twitter, good for them. We'll go on Gab, Getter, or whatever. Man, a lot of people don't like Getter. We'll go on Minds.com, M-I-N-D-S.com. We'll post there. You don't like that these, these payment processors are freezing out your accounts, these banks? Paralleleconomy.com. They're building their own. Now, the end result of this, I think, will be civil war because when both sides are able to arm and, and provide resources and engage in trade, which facilitates the you know, production of resources, you will get hot conflict, especially when there's nothing left to lose. The biggest mistake made by Twitter, by Patreon, when you ban these people, they have nothing left to lose, so they won't play your game anymore. There are people on Twitter. There's people like me on YouTube. There's certain things, you know, we'll, we'll only post at TimCast.com and we'll have those member segments there. Go to TimCast.com, be a member if you want to help support our work. Because we're like, okay, we'll be on YouTube. We don't want to seed this ground, but there's some conversations I won't bother bringing here. YouTube is losing that. If YouTube were to ban me, we're off the leash. We're going to go do our thing. We're going to talk about what we want to talk about. And we don't care what you think anymore. So they'll drift further and further into their, into their spiral of insanity. We'll remain in, uh, in, the, in the real world, talking about reality, talking about what's actually happening, financing each other, not using their banking institutions, using cryptocurrencies and others to get around their psychotic um, attempts at censoring and shutting people down. And then eventually... Will be more robust, better protected, and they'll have nothing. 
because they're a cult and they're, and, and they're not, they're not going to be able to make it. Look, get what go broke. It's not a law, but it, it, it is a tendency. And if they keep sacrificing merit for diversity, their companies will crumble. Maybe there won't be a civil war because that'll happen first. So we'll see. But so long as they keep doing this stuff with these banks, we'll see more of this. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. The latest expose from Project Veritas and James O'Keefe may be one of their most important yet. Now, I will say, honorable mention to the Amy Roback video that helped expose the media cover-up of the Epstein scandal. That may be their most important one. But this is also very, very important. James O'Keefe has a man, an executive from the FDA on camera saying that they want yearly COVID shots, that these pharmaceutical companies basically pay the FDA for expedited approval, and that mandating vaccines is a guaranteed revenue stream. Shocking statements many of us assumed, but now confirmed by an employee at the FDA. The FDA responded saying this man does not have anything to do with these vaccines and uh, his views don't represent ours. I'm paraphrasing. I'll show you the full quote just to make sure I get the context correctly on this one. So James O'Keefe calls a guy on the phone, this guy from the FDA, who issues a contradictory statement to what the FDA had claimed, saying, quote, I'm a manager in the office that helps oversee the approval of the COVID vaccines for emergency approval. Now, James pushes back and says, you can give me the, the truth or the company line. Here's where it gets crazy. First, obviously, I, I got to go through the context on this one, showing you exactly what's going on with the release of this video. Executive level FDA official recorded on hidden camera saying annual COVID shots expected, as well as, an, uh, as, well as vaccines for children expected to be appro approved. The things he says are shocking. But it's not just about those things. It's about the FDA apparently not reaching out to this guy and telling him what was going on, issuing a statement without his knowledge, downplaying and trying to make it seem like this guy doesn't work in a privileged role or a privy, have, make it seem like he doesn't have privy to access. And then he comes out and basically contradicts them. They are being thrown for a loop. And I got to say, if I was going to make a, a, an assumption on which of these stories is true, his initial undercover, uh, the undercover video showing him saying these things or his statement now, I'm going to go with undercover. Here's the story. This guy is apparently on a date. He doesn't realize his date is a journalist with Project Veritas. The journalist starts asking some questions about what's going on and he freely answers them. He tries changing his story on the phone with James O'Keefe. So James posts the logical question. Why, if what you're saying now is that the things you've said in that, on that date are not true. Did you lie in public to this person? And if so, why? They got this guy in a sticky situation. James encourages the guy to be a whistleblower. But the crazy thing about this is when you've got this guy on a date, a restaurant, and he's telling this date secrets, disgusting corruption, I think that's more likely to be true. He thinks he's in a safe place. He thinks he can, he can say these things because there will be no repercussion against him. Publicly, he's scared they will come after him. And they, I mean like authorities, pharmaceutical companies, powerful interests who don't want to see financial damage because of what this guy is exposing. Let's read this story. James O'Keefe has given an update on Hannity. 
And I just want to say before we do, shout out to James O'Keefe and Project Veritas on a tremendous work once again. We, you know, a lot of the stuff I can say, we assume, but assumptions are very difficult. When we think there's corruption between with revolving door politics, basically, guy works at the FDA, then he gets a job at the pharmaceutical company, a guy works at the pharmaceutical company, goes, goes and gets a job at the FDA. They're all friends. We assume these things. We say, hey, conflict of interest. With James O'Keefe and Project Veritas, they've got him saying it now out in the open. This guy thought he was in private and he can say, here's how we really do it. And then, uh-oh, turns out it was an undercover journalist and everything you said is now publicly available. And what are you going to do about it? This is amazing because this guy doesn't know how to respond. From KATV.com, Project Veritas released a video on Tuesday, which allegedly shows an executive level Food and Drug Administration official admitting the Biden administration has plans to require yearly COVID shots just like the flu shot. Now, now hold on there a minute. Let's make sure we're, we're being reasonable. Are they saying that you'll go to Walgreens and they'll have COVID shots once a year you can choose to get? I don't care about that. That to me is kind of interesting, but not at all worrying. I'll tell you what is worrying about it. The vaccine mandates. If, they, if, if vaccine mandates stay in place, and for many places they will, if they remove the government mandates, but then tell private businesses to do it, then you're going to have a very serious problem because they'll say, you got to get your yearly booster. Recently went snowboarding on a mountain. And the mountain had a vaccine requirement. Isn't that crazy? But you know what was funny is nobody stopped and asked you and nobody cared. You were able to walk in and go about your business and uh, it wasn't an issue. This is, this, this is still worrying because they put the signs up. Everybody says, ah, no big deal. Who cares? They're not actually enforcing it anyway. One day they might start. One day they might lightly be like, hey, just so you know, next week you got to have your card with you. And then people go, oh, they do it slowly. It's the story of eBay that I've told before. The website used to be yellow. And then one day they changed the, the, the graphics. They made it white. And everyone complained, oh, we don't like this new color. So what did they do? They changed it back because people were complaining. And then every day they slowly increased the, 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 the brightness until a year goes by and the website is white and no one realized the gradual change had happened. This is how they do it. They know that if they come out and smack you in the face with some big change, you're going to revolt. But if you implement it slowly, roll out a mask mandate, whatever, and then a vaccine requirement, where do you go next? Social credit systems. Let's read. Quote, you'll have to get an annual shot. Christopher Cole, an executive officer for the FDA's Medical Countermeasures Initiative, uh, said on Hidden Camera by Project Veritas, Biden wants to inoculate as many people as possible. Well, I mean, that's true. We know that, right? I mean... It hasn't been formally announced yet because they don't want to, like, rile everyone up. That's exactly what I'm saying. Cole said in the video, his managerial role at the FDA's MCMI involves overseeing vaccines, vaccine approvals, and devices for vaccines, and noted his office clears all the emergency approvals for such countermeasures. The FDA's MCMI is an FDA-wide initiative to coordinate medical countermeasure development, preparedness, and response, according to the agency's website. FDA ensures that medical countermeasures, including drugs, vaccines, and diagnostic tests, to counter these threats are safe, effective, and secure. However, an FDA press officer told the National Desk, quote, the person purportedly in the video does not work on vaccine matters, 
and does not represent the views of the FDA. Cole also made the comments in the video regarding potential financial incentives for the federal government associated with the approval of COVID vaccines. Quote, there's almost a billion dollars a year going into FDA's budget from the people we regulate, Cole says in the, in the Project Veritas video. The drug companies, the food companies, the vaccine companies, they pay us hundreds of millions of dollars a year to hire and keep the reviewers to approve their products. And there it is. Exposed for the world to see. If they can get every person required at an annual vaccine, that is a recurring return of money going into their company, Cole added in reference to pharmaceutical manufacturers. Cole also expresses concern over the FDA's process to approve COVID-19 vaccines for young children between six, uh, six months of age and four years. I don't completely agree with the FDA's process, he said. All the tests aren't there, he added. I agree with the thing that it is important to inoculate them, but you can't provide the parents as much assurity as you normally want to. Hoping to have the COVID vaccine for toddlers by the end of the month, according to the Washington Post, the FDA was scheduled to meet this week to discuss its approval, but the agency unexpectedly canceled the meeting, citing the need to allow more time to analyze additional findings from vaccine manu manufacturer Pfizer's ongoing clinical trial. Another video, a part two, is expected to be released from Veritas with additional comments from Cole. Now, look, as I always say, if you have any concerns or questions about any medical procedures or vaccination, very, very simple thing you do is you go and you talk to a doctor. It's that simple. Many of you may have noticed I posted the other day that uh, I had to take the day off because I was feeling ill and it wasn't like a normal kind of illness. And what I mean by that was it wasn't like I had a cold or something. I felt like a general tiredness and I felt a little loopy and uh, it's actually really, really simple. I was dehydrated. Now, now, look, 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 here's the thing. I drink water, I drink a lot of it. I drink a good amount. And um, I didn't know that even drinking all of that, I was still dehydrated. I felt everything was fine. And uh, it turned out to have been that simple. But I called the doctor, um, went in for a checkup, and they said, we think you're dehydrated. So we're going to give you some fluids, and then we want you to you know, drink more. And I said, wow, turns out working nonstop all day, every day. Here's, here's what I do. I work, you know, basically, I, I, would, I would say it's fair to say 12 to 16 hours a day because there's a period in between from like 4 to 6 p.m. where I'm eating or exercising. But work in terms of the business sense let's put that aside and say work in terms of physical stress. Yeah, I work from like 8 a.m. until 11 p.m. Monday through Friday. And then on the weekends, what am I doing? I went up on a mountain and I, and I did strenuous activity. So without taking any breaks, that happened, you know. Turns out I was loopy and dehydrated and I got to take better care of myself. So that, that, that's the point, man. You, you can't know for sure. You can think you're doing everything right. You can think you have all the answers. And sometimes you go to a medical expert for advice. That's what I did. This is what's shocking and worrying to me, and I'm sure many of you, when behind the scenes, when in private, people from the FDA are coming out and saying these things. Yeah, they basically pay us hundreds of millions a year to approve their products. You're like, yo, that's a very serious conflict of interest. When people come out and say, why is it that some drugs are not getting approved for certain uses and others are? Makes you wonder, doesn't it? Certainly. And then what happens is you'll have a doctor who says, look, here's what the FDA has said. Here's what the CDC has said. We have legitimate questions about this stuff. Now, of course, I advocate going to a doctor. Why? Not every doctor has the same opinion. 
Okay, you need to make sure you're finding a good, smart, well-researched doctor who can talk about what's right for you and, and perhaps understands your concerns and can answer those questions. If you go to a doctor and you're like, you see this thing from Veritas and they say, no, maybe you find a different doctor. Maybe you say, let me get a second opinion because I want to find someone who can tell me what this means. Find an expert. Smartest thing you can do. Well, check this out. We got an update here. James O'Keefe appeared on Hannity. The Daily Mail reports. These are serious ethical issues. James O'Keefe demands answers after FDA executive officer is caught on hidden camera admitting Biden will force an annual COVID shot that would be a recurring fountain of revenue for drug firms. Quote, these are serious ethical issues, James O'Keefe said. When you have the government getting money from the people they're supposed to be regulating and you have an executive officer in that government saying he did not know he is being recorded, that influences how they approved products, the political activist said. I love this part. Daily Mail says the far right activist group. What does that mean? You know, we're working on this fact checking organization, Truth in Media, and uh, we're waiting for paperwork and filing. And we're going to be employing several journalists to go through these articles. But I would tell you this. One of our plans is to take a random sampling of articles from various news organizations and then check them against the uh, SPJ Code of Ethics. I think it's Society for Professional Journalism as well as uh, perhaps the Associated Press and Reuters. And then what we'll do is, if an article has a violation of ethics, they get a strike. We'll sample 100 articles. We'll say, you know, 67 out of 100 didn't, you know, were approved as ethical journalism according to the SPJ. And then we'll link to the article so you can see it yourself. Then we'll create a browser extension that will show you. This is what we've been working on for a long time. And to all the naysayers, I said I was never going to do it because a couple of years ago, I was like, here's the plan, man. We're building this up. It takes time. It really is hard to do everything all at once. But when they say Veritas is a far-right activist group, why, me, oh my, that's an opinion statement. And thus, this article would get a strike, not ethical journalism. You'd then link to it. We'd, we'd highlight that and say, including in an article that Project Veritas is a far-right activist group is an opinion statement and does not define the group's activities. All you can really define of Project Veritas is they are a media outlet that produces undercover video reports. Now, you can say um, journalism is a fact statement. You can say uh, Project Veritas is a uh, journalism organization that, pr- that primarily focuses on undercover reporting. That's it. Because those, those are facts, what they do. Now, whether or not you think they're activists, whether or not you're concerned about their bias— I would include those. I would say, well, you know, Project Veritas has been accused and smeared by uh, organizations that view them as politically biased. Project Veritas has targeted, you know, uh, reporting has targeted large corporate organizations as well as political groups. And they also have another, you you break down who they are and what they do and try to explain it uh, to the best of your abilities without saying they're far right activists. Quote, the vaccine, it wanes. Your ability to fight it wanes. So the three will bolster your system and then there will be an annual just like the flu shot. The FDA dismissed the report saying cold does not work in the vaccine-related matters and that his views don't represent those of the agency. Now, here's where it's funny. In the video I started with, Project Veritas, James O'Keefe gets this guy on the phone and he says, quote, I am a manager in the office that helps oversee the approval of the COVID vaccines for emergency approval. Uh Uh-oh. This is the game. And I'm so glad that Veritas has exposed it. When there's like an oil spill, you know exactly what the company is going to say. They're going to spew word vomit. Spare us your lies. We know you're all lying to us. We know they're lying. They know we know they're lying. We know they know we know they're lying. It's the game, isn't it? 
What is the point of a statement being made by a corporation when you know they are lying? Now, I'll tell you this. Very easily, they could have um, lied in a way that would be more believable. And that's what I don't understand about this. Remember uh, Hillary Clinton when she was campaigning and she put on the Southern accent, thinking like the Internet didn't exist and people wouldn't realize she was faking an accent? Yeah, we know you're faking it. We know you're not honest people. They could have at least just said something like, in this video, we believe his statements were hyperbolic or, or facetious. I'd, I'd say this. If it was me at the FDA, I'd say, your recent video was released from Project Veritas that shows one of our employees trying to impress a woman on a date by hamming it up and playing it up when the response to what he said is actually quite simple. Joe Biden thinks we will need, you know, the, the, the FDA and many here do believe that you will need an annual shot for COVID, the same as you would for the flu. That's been publicly stated several times, though we're not completely convinced that will be the case. It seems like it will be. As for the statements about pharmaceutical companies paying, you know, fees and everything, that's all true. You can make your assumptions about it as you see fit. They could have at least tried, right? They could have said, James O'Keefe is hamming things up and it's a little out of context, but um, maybe making it seem more nefarious than it really is. We'd love to have a conversation. They don't do that. They don't even try. Now, to be honest, I think James is correct. I think they're full of garbage. They're full of trash. Like they're full of ish. And they're just lying to people. And they're, they're being caught. Maybe the reality is they're caught with their pants down. They have no answer. Well, I tell you this. FDA, there's one piece of advice I can give you. Shut up. PR 101. Don't issue any statements. You only dug yourself into a deeper hole now because now this guy, Christopher Cole, is on the record contradicting the official statement from the FDA. Oh, you'll love to see it. Let me tell you what's really going on. Dr. Anthony Fauci says CDC monitoring necessity for fourth COVID shot. Really? Dr. Anthony Fauci confirmed this week that the CDC is actively monitoring the necessity for additional booster shots to fight COVID-19. We know what this guy is saying is most likely true. He's an official with the FDA. He said it. Take that one to the bank. Because now Fauci's coming out and saying there's going to be additional shots. Oh, we know, Fauci. No, no need to tell us. Thanks to the good reporting of Project Veritas, we were well aware of this before it, uh, it was actually out in the media. TimCast.com reports, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, Anthony Fauci, on Wednesday, explained that additional injections could be required to adequately protect individuals from future strains of the contagion. The potential future requirement for an additional boost of a fourth shot for mRNA or a third shot for J&J is being carefully monitored in real time. And recommendations, if needed, will be updated through according to the data as it evolves, Fauci said. A single booster shot continues to provide high levels of protection against severe disease caused by Omicron. This should not be confused with the fact that for many immunocompromised people already, a second booster shot, namely a fourth dose of mRNA, is recommended because of what we know about their poor response to the initial regimen. I don't care about what Anthony Fauci has to say. I care about what you talk to your doctor about. I've gone to a doctor. They've given me specific advice and specific instructions and treatments as it pertains to me having COVID several months ago. And it was not the same thing that uh, uh, Dr. Fauci is telling people or these celebrities are saying. I'm not going to get into the, the, uh, the nitty gritty details um, on my personal medical history because for the most part, it's no one's business. 
Suffice to say, I talked to a doctor that said, based on your medical history, here's the advice we give you. I'll, I'll be honest. They said, you are a healthy, strapping young lad. You exercise regularly. Let me just tell you this. My resting heart rate, it's like 50 BPM. Actually, I'll tell you this. When I went to the hospital, uh, I went to the hospital the other day because I was, I was, I was feeling wet, messed up, to put it mildly. I had gotten pretty dehydrated. Probably has to do with working a whole lot. Um, as you know, I've been doing uh, low low carb. I've been doing I, I, I say keto, but it's mostly just like higher protein, more fat, less carbs. It's not full blown keto. You combine that. I was totally fine for five, several months with a high altitude, with low uh, fluid consumption. I was snowboarding on a mountain for several hours. I hadn't drinking any water, strenuous activity, and I did have some wine afterwards. And uh, that is a concoction for dehydration. And I thought that I wasn't dehydrated. But I was. And so for me, I'm kind of like, I don't understand. You know, like I drank a bunch of water and it just made me feel bad. And they basically said, it, it, drinking water is it, right? Take some vitamins, drink some water, but you need to just kind of zone out, nap it out and rest for a day. And I was like, oh, well, they put me on this, thing, this monitor. And uh, sure enough, my heart rate actually was around like 47 BPM. Now I know a lot of people are like bradycardia or whatever it's called. The, the alarm went off. That's actually relatively normal for me. I know I'm totally bragging right now about my low heart rate, but um, that was, you know, they, the, the nurse came in and she was like, wow, that's low. Are you active? And I was like, yeah, I actually skate almost every single day. Not almost every day because you don't want to, you know, overdo it. And that's another contributing factor to the dehydration is that I do, I do a lot of strenuous activity. And so, uh, but, they, but she was like, oh, okay. So humble brag. But when I go to a doctor, and, you know, for, there was a commercial I watched the other day and it was like, do you have bradycardia, low heart rate? Like that could make you dizzy and lightheaded. You need treatment for that. You, if you're not exercising all the time and doing physical activity and, you know, going on the half pipe or snowboarding or whatever it is, you might have a heart rate around 70 BPM. And that's normal. 60 to 100 is considered normal for a lot of people. For me, my resting heart rate is like on average, I think it's like 53 or so because I have, I have the whoop. You may have noticed I wear it. And it tracks all that stuff. I exercise regularly. The whoop's been fantastic. I know it like sells your data as people com are complaining about. But what, 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 what I, what, the reason I bring this up is not necessarily just to like humble brag, like I'm in shape. I do encourage everybody to get in shape. I am um, proud that I've worked this hard and, and gotten into better shape. The point is when I go to a doctor and I tell my doctor my resting heart rate hit 47 consistently one night, his response to me is, Totally fine. You know, you exercise regularly. Some marathon athletes, like marathon runners, can get their BPM down to the 30s. No joke. That's crazy. 30 beats per minute. But if you go, if you go on like general Google searching or watching TV commercials, they'll say something like, that's bradycardia and that's really bad. Imagine if I just took the, took the assessment of a TV doctor who was like, if you have a low, uh, low heart rate in the 40s, you need medication. And then I went to, the, I went to the Walgreens and started buying up drugs. That'd be really, really bad for me. This is the point. This is why I cannot stand the mandates for all. Your medication doesn't apply to everybody. Now I get it. The average person probably doesn't have a heart rate as low as the average athlete does. But why are you mandating for athletes, for healthy individuals, something they probably don't need? Or maybe they do. I don't know. They should talk to a doctor about it. I'll tell you why. In my opinion, money. And thank you, Veritas, for getting it all out there on the record. Money, 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 recurring stream of revenue for the big fat pharmaceutical companies. Look, I said it before, I'll say it again. I think mRNA technology is, um, is incredible. Really, if you look at it. P 
people are like, how were they able to get a vaccine done so fast with mRNA? And, you know, and I'm like, because it's mRNA, it's a new kind of vaccine. I used to watch these science videos where they were talking about ways to create immunity and to fight infection. And there were a bunch of revel- uh, um, uh, innovations in this uh, and revelations in science. And so it's not, we're not going to just keep using the same kind of tech. When they're like, how come it takes 20, 30 years for these vaccines? And it's like, well, those are different kinds of vaccines. We've been working on mRNA for a long time. We said, we'll try this one out. Seems to have been moderately effective. It wanes, and now they want you to get a booster shot. But that's up to you if you want to get that. Some people don't. Personally, I don't get the flu shot. Whatever. The point is, you can, you can think whatever you want about the medicine and whatever. But just go to an expert. When they go out on TV and they say, go do this, don't listen. You go to a doctor. YouTube is like, if you discourage people from going to a doctor, you know what, man? When they encourage you to go into a parking lot to get an injection in your arm, I'm like, how is that allowed on these platforms? Ah, that's right. We need to stop acting like the game is fair. It's not fair. The establishment, the left, they can break any and any and every rule because they are better men. And you're all just the dumb working class morons who should do what you're told. Excuse me. I recommend watching the show Peacemaker. Because I got to tell you, I just watched the finale. Wow. I saw a lot of people posting on social media about the finale of Peacemaker. And let me just say, I don't want to give any spoilers away, but um, there's one key moment right at the end where it's like the bad guys are basically like, we're the establishment Democrats who know what's better for you. And I was just like, wow, that's their asset. Like the villain, to put it mildly, it appears the villain in Peacemaker is like the Dr. Fauci types, the, the Trudeau types. Seriously, watch. It's, it's eight episodes. Good show, by the way. John Cena absolutely killed it. Um, and literally in the show, his character, quite brutal. But uh, no, it was an amazing, amazing show. Check it out. These people are the villains. They think they're better than you. They can make decisions for you. They can't because everybody is different. Okay? So I go to my doctor. My doctor says, man, you're really healthy. All, I, I got, you know, blood work done. I got all this stuff done the other day. And they're like, you're really, really healthy. But man, you push it too hard. You guys probably know this. I work all day. And he was like, you need to take a day off. And so I, I was talking to him and I was like, but I did take a day off. I was like, this weekend I went snowboarding and then I went and Super Bowl partied. And he's like, that's not a day off. It's like, just because you're not doing work work, you're still doing strenuous physical activity and straining yourself to the point of dehydration. And I was like, that's a good point. So yesterday I basically napped, had soup and I watched, um, I watched like House or something. Had to do it. I hate doing it though. I really, really do. I, I get like anxiety. But anyway, I'll leave it there. Good work, Project Veritas. Man, I'm a big fan. James O'Keefe, incredible work. And, and, and the entire team at Veritas, everybody working there. You guys are incredible. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.